Hello and welcome to Everybody Pulls the Tarp. I'm your host, Andrew Moses. With me today, a very special guest, Amanda Kessel, Olympic gold medalist, Team USA Women's Hockey. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you, Amanda. You know, and I, I've enjoyed following your career. Um, it, it's it's an absolutely legendary story. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into all of it with you. But where I want to start is going way back. What what drew you to hockey as a kid? I grew up with two older brothers and in Wisconsin, so it's quite cold there year-round. Um, but both my brothers played hockey, and I would just kind of toss onto the ice as a little girl and played every single sport. But for some reason... I always just loved hockey. I would skip any other sport to go to any practice or game for hockey. So you and I have talked about the fact that this show is called Everybody Pulls the Tarp. And it's based upon a philosophy that I have that great teams and great organizations are powered by individuals who contribute in unexpected ways, far beyond the boundaries of their job description. Are there things that you've done during your career um, that weren't necessarily expected of you, but looking back made a big difference in terms of your success? Yeah, to be honest, I think it was, I always had, um, like a burning passion to be the best at hockey and my parents were very hard on us, but when I really think about it, they never, um, it was always myself that was never satisfied with my play. I think there's never been a time in my career, in my life that I've ever thought, that I was good enough. And still to this day, um, with all my accomplishments and throughout my career, I always think that I can be better. And I think that's really what's pushed me. Where, where, where do you think that comes from? Man, some of it genetics. Both my parents are fierce competitors, um, no matter what sport or game we're playing, Scrabble, cards, it doesn't matter. There's fights and everybody will do anything to win. Um, but I think for some reason, I just had that instilled in me and I love hockey and have the burning passion to be the best at it. So, so you, you win a gold medal in a silver medal, I'm sorry, in, in 2014, and then you capture the elusive gold in 2018. It requires tremendous work ethic. And I don't think people have a, a full appreciation for what goes into that. Talk a minute about the, the, the Olympic training and the work ethic and attention to detail required to get to get ready for the Olympic Games? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's not just like a one-year thing. It truly is like a, a lifetime of work or a four-year process. As soon as the, you know, one Olympic ends, like the next cycle is getting ready and every single day matters. Every tryout matters. Throughout the year for women's ice hockey, we have anywhere from like four to six different evaluation camps and tryouts. And so every month, two months, like, I mean, you need to be your best every single time because you don't know, you know, who's watching when and, you know, what year, what they maybe saw that they didn't like. So it's always, you have to be at the top of your game nonstop, you know, for every day, every year, every four years, um, you're always prepared for that opportunity. How do you how do you mentally prepare for that? Are, are there are there things that you've learned over the years, and, and have you gotten better at it, or was it just something that came naturally? Like to, to mentally prepare for that grind. That's yeah, the toughest part, especially for us. Like right now, I pretty much train on our on my own. So every single day, it's you know me getting up, going to the gym, working out, and then I 
I walk 20 minutes to my car. I get in my car. I drive 40 minutes to an hour and a half to a rink to skate, usually alone, maybe with a skate skating coach, come back to the city, either go to acupuncture, PT, you know, then it's like you're fine-tuning your body at nighttime. It's an all-day, everyday consuming thing. So, so what, what is the difference though? I mean, is, is there a difference once you get back into like a team camp environment and you're working together? Does it, is it easier to, to keep that structure? Yeah, definitely. But we only have that, um, like I have a camp coming up uh, August 9th through the 15th. So we'll maybe get a week here or there, or a few weeks, every couple of months to train as a team together. One of the things that people say about you, Amanda, is that you, you always seem to make all the other players around you better. And, and I think there's nothing like that that speaks to uh, the greatness of a, of a single athlete than the ability to make other people around them better. Why do you, why do you think you've been so good at that uh, throughout your career? Thank you. That's quite the compliment. Um, I don't know, thinking about that. I think it's, I love to pass and I love to set people up, so... I get more enjoyment out of making a great pass or a great play to somebody else, which sometimes can be my downfall, but that's just what I like to do best. So I want to get into some of the, some of the um, adversity that you've faced over the years, because it, it hasn't, it hasn't been all silver and gold medals. I, I know during, uh, during your career, you, you've, you've, um, you've battled concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Talk about that for a minute and, and, and I guess what the experience was like right after the concussion, and then we'll get into a little bit about uh, how, how you navigated it. Yeah, concussions are scary. They're pretty crazy. It was right after the 2014 Olympics, after losing, I had reoccurring con- concussion symptoms. It just wouldn't go away and then they kept getting worse. I started to do less and less and kind of became depressed and then my symptoms seemed to get worse. I started to exercise less and it was just a cycle and I couldn't get out of it and I was seeing different doctors I thought I was you know resting doing everything possible I had to take an extra year off of school because I couldn't my headaches were always pounding the light I I hardly like talked to anybody Um, and it took a year and a half before I finally saw a different doctor who was like I've seen so many different professional athletes like you who you know, they're driven by, they need to be challenged. And right now you've just, your brain has just kind of been in this pattern of doing nothing. And so you just see this downward spiral. He's like, you got to get back out there, start exercising. And I actually had to push through the symptoms, which it's kind of a newer approach to concussions. And that's eventually what helped me get through it all. And, and that's called exercise therapy. Is that what they, is that what they call it? Yeah. So they like, And this uh, clinic, it's UPMC, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. They take the approach from every different angle. They have a neck specialist. They have a psychologist. They have an exertional therapist. And so they kind of like look at it from all these different aspects and see, you know, what is really affecting your concussion. So, so how did you, what, what kind of propelled you to, to go see that, that new specialist? You just needed an, an, you had tried a lot of things and needed an alternative? Yeah, my, my parents actually, um, you know, referred me to, to call somebody new. And it was, it wasn't until I got there that I knew what I was getting into. And I remember being kind of pissed at the doctor at first, because he was like, oh yeah, you're going to be fine. And it, 
was after a year and a half of me sulking on a couch. So I, I didn't see how that was possible, but it really made me shift my mindset. I'd been trying all along to try and shift my mindset, but you know, when I was doing that and seeing no results, um, I would get down again, but it was him that really propelled me. So was there a point when you thought you might, you might never play hockey again? Yeah, there was like definitely like a, a good half of the year to a year. I kept trying to tell myself that I'd be back, but after being off the ice for like a year, a year and a half. And then, like I said, the Olympics, it's like you try out for the Olympics like a year before they actually start. So my time was closing in. Like I had been off the ice for almost two years and tryouts were in a year from then. So, so how do you make the transition from the exercise therapy to Olympic tryout speed? How does, how does that, how does that happen? That's a lot, I guess that's a lot of days of, of gym and acupuncture and a lot of skating, skating work. I mean, what, what's that like? Yeah, it was quick, quickly came together. I was started skating by myself um, in September. School year had started and I went back to school, but I was just on the ice alone trying to get back to maybe playing with the team. And I, from September through December, skated alone and my symptoms were getting better. In January, I joined the team again and I was able to play my first game in February of that year. And so I made it, I got to play 10 games that college season to finish off my senior year. And then the golden gophers. Yep. The golden gophers. And we've had a lot of, go a lot of gold in your life, the golden gophers and the gold medal. I didn't think about that, but yep. But it was pretty special to get back. And then, you know, had tryouts with USA for worlds that year. And, um, you know, luckily got myself into a place where, I was almost back to my game and I made the team again. So let's talk about teamwork and, and being part of a team. We, we talked about obviously, you know, what you've got to do in your, in your own time to be prepared when you get back to that team environment. But, you know, hockey is, a, a, you know, almost, almost more than any, a, a, a team sport. Um, it's always amazing to me. We, we talked, we, we talked about the fact that um, I, I grew up a, a Rangers fan in the New York area and, I would go to the garden and I, and I would watch Wayne Gretzky towards the end of his career. That's and, so lucky. and, and I feel like it's one of the great, it's, it's one of the great privileges of my life to be able to, to go watch him play. And I remember being in the garden and, and my dad just pointing out to me, you know, like, like kind of take hold of this moment and, and, you know, you're witnessing the great one at the end of his career. But what I was always and, and obviously this was this was the end of his career and and he wasn't you know at the, the the speed he was he was you know with with the Kings and the Oilers, but what was always amazing to me was that what he was doing without the puck and how he made everybody better and how he created space and he has, he changed the game and you you didn't see that on MSG Network when you were watching the game as much, so talk a minute talk a minute about that for a second like how do you build that chemistry with other players to be able to, to work together so effectively? I think that it's, you know, off the ice is huge. You don't, you know, some people might look past that and not really see it carry over, but the best teams that I've been a part of, it was just everybody really had love for one another off the ice. Like you would do anything for your teammate, no matter what, you're going to find a way to get the job done. And then everybody on the team, they, they knew their role and they were going to fulfill it the best that they could. It didn't matter if it was a first liner that needed to score. 
the fourth liner that was on the bench and was rah, 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 you knew that they wanted to be there and everybody was doing their job to the best of their ability. Can you tell, like, when you get, when, when you get assembled as a group, like, are there, can you tell if, if this is going to be, if this has the potential to be a great team or a good team right away, or do you have to, do things have to play out? I think it plays out a bit. There are times where you know right away, but um, I've definitely been a part of teams that, that had it and it did lead to success and other ones that didn't. And, and it was easy to see, maybe not in the moment, but afterwards why things didn't work out. And a lot of times, I think it came from the coaches. They really created that culture and environment that everybody wanted to be part of and it brought the best out of them. You're, you're, you talk about how tough you are on yourself and, and that your, your biggest, you know, you compete the most with yourself and you can always get, you know, you can always get better, but you've had so much success, right? I mean, three championships at the university of Minnesota, a silver medal, which I'm sure you had some regret. You wished you had the gold or two golds and then the gold medal. How do you, when you've been so successful, how do you find moments to learn? That is, that is a great question. I think it's in the the daily, you know, activities and, and throughout those successful years, you do have, you know, down moments and how do you get through those? And I think that's where I've really um, progressed as an athlete. I think I'm mentally a hundred times more resilient than I used to be. And you kind of just, you see things differently, but the more experience that you have, it's really those those tough, challenging moments that you grow from. So you're you're doing some really interesting work right now. You're you're the head ambassador for the um, Junior Rangers Girls Hockey Program uh, with the New York Rangers. T- tell me a little bit about what the Rangers put together there and what you're what you're doing. Yeah, last year the Rangers um, reached out to me and said that they wanted to start a girls program if I'd be interested in working with them. And, you know, right away when the New York Rangers ask you to be a part of your organization. It didn't take long for me to jump on board, but they started um, a program that just gets as many girls involved in the sport as possible. And it's a lot of people that didn't really have access to the sport before. So making ice, you know, cheaper and more available and having equipment for the girls because equipment's expensive for hockey. So who can really pick up and, and buy all new gear. And so we put on all these clinics and, different events, bringing girls to Rangers games. And then beyond that, we started a girls league as well. So they had a team to be a part of a league and we saw great success and we're planning on continuing that year, depending um, how everything plays out with COVID. Amanda, it, that, that's great work you're doing with the Rangers as a dad of, of a, of a five-year-old and a, a two-year-old girl, two girls, um, that's, that's great work. And, and, uh, we've got to get more girls involved in, in hockey. You know, you've accomplished so much. Um, when, when young girls and young boys, like look at Amanda Kessel and your career and all that you're doing, the, 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 what, what do you want them to think? I mean, I've hoped that I've inspired, you know, multiple young boys and girls to, you know, love their sport and follow their dreams. But mostly I just have fun being around the rink, being around my teammates, being involved in something that you're continually working to get better. There's so many life lessons that you can learn throughout hockey and your sport. 
Well, Amanda, it's been such a pleasure having you on Everybody Pulls the Tarp. I wish you continued success in, in everything that you're working on. And uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to personally I'm, I got to go get one of those AK-28 uh, hats and shirts uh, to start wearing around. So uh, and maybe I'll get some for my kids, too. So you're uh, you're doing you're doing great work. Congratulations on all the success. And, and thank you for joining Everybody Pulls the Tarp today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.